Hello coders, welcome to another How to Code Well podcast. Today I want to talk about how to speed up your learning process when you're learning how to code. Some of the quick wins, some of the things that you could have at your disposal right now that will make your learning journey that much easier and that much quicker. So the first thing is to know where the documentation is. Now this might sound a little bit obvious, but you need to surround yourself with resources resources that you can use and tap into. There's nothing worse than having a knowledge gap and not knowing where to look. So get books, have bookmarks for blog posts and documentation pages. If, for example, you're learning a framework, then know where that framework is on the internet. Know the community, see if you can become part of that community. Know where the GitHub pages are. Know the types of Reddit posts or Stack Overflow posts that you need to be looking into. And just be around the resources. Like I said, you need to have the ability to just quickly either click a button or pick up a book and go through the index and find the solution. It's very difficult to fix a programming bug if you first don't know where to look. The next point that I would like to make is knowing whom to ask. So there's no point in asking a backend developer who is, I don't know, purely on databases or purely on PHP a question about CSS. And likewise, there's no point in asking a CSS developer a question about Python. (laughs) So knowing who to ask and also knowing how to ask the question. So usually what happens when someone asks me a question, I will answer that with another question, which is, have you seen the error log or have you tried to solve this yourself and what has happened? What are the errors that are being reported? So when you're asking a technical programming question, you need to have Well, first of all, you need to have tried to solve it yourself. Don't ever try and expect someone else to do your work for you. And by trying to solve it yourself, you should have some errors being reported. So you need to know where those errors are, right? So you need to know where the log files are. You need to know where the your console web debugger thing is in your browser, You need to know how to debug your code and step through the the code in your IDE. So make sure that you have a sensible and well set up debugging environment. Now, whether that's the just the developer tools in your browser or whether that's a fully fledged debugger that you can actually step through the code and watch the variables change, make sure you have that in place. And actually, those things are quite complicated to set up but you want to make sure that they are set up before you start asking questions. Because if you don't have those things set up, not only are you wasting your time, you're also wasting the other developers' time that you're asking. You know, why doesn't this work? I just get a blank page. Well, you don't just get a blank page. There's an error log somewhere, which will give you hopefully some indication as to where the error is. Then take that error log to the person you're asking the question. So just to recap where we are at the moment, know the documentation, know who to ask and know how to ask, as well as know where the error logs are. (laughs) 
The next thing that I would definitely suggest doing if you're trying to learn and learn quickly is reach out for help. So as long as you've established the other points, reach out for help. Do not suffer in silence because other developers have come before you and they will know how to solve this problem. Do not feel less of a person or less of a developer for asking a question. We are always asking questions amongst each other. Get involved in the community. And hey, you might also solve someone else's problem. And when I say asking for help, I don't just mean write a post on Stack Overflow. I mean physically go to a developer and ask or just, you know, do a voice chat and ask. Because what you're doing is when you're talking through the problem out loud, you are essentially rubber ducking, which means that you're talking about the steps in which the program has broken. And sometimes that can trigger some sort of thing in your mind that will go, oh, perhaps it isn't that because you hear yourself say it. So make sure that you actually reach out for help. Certainly don't suffer in silence. This is something that I did when I first started out because I thought that I wanted to prove myself. I thought that I needed to show other developers that I could do it on my own and I couldn't and you can't. Web development is such a complicated world. Don't even consider trying to take it on alone. You need help. So ask help, ask help in the right way. A point that I want to make about how you can actually produce something quick and maybe it's a side project is have a plan. If you don't have a plan, it's very easy. And I'm speaking from experience here. It's very easy to go, oh, that's the new shiny. I'll do that. And then completely change direction from what you were originally trying to achieve. And before you know it, you haven't achieved anything, but you've tried lots of different things. Now, in some cases, that's okay. That's good. But when you want to produce something, maybe it's for your portfolio, or maybe it is your portfolio that you just want to build, then make sure that you build the portfolio. Don't just suddenly go, oh, but I could also add a game to that portfolio. So I'm now actually going to create a game. So, and then you get stuck with the producing the game and you haven't created your portfolio. It just leads to frustration. Um, and I, I think that junior developers get frustrated a lot more because there's a lot of things to play with and you need to understand those things before you can actually tackle them. <laughs> I found this, I found this myself, uh, especially when I was looking at different frameworks and different ways of doing things. And it, you, you start playing around with bits and pieces, but you don't actually ever achieve anything. So make sure that you have a plan, make sure that you stick to it. And this plan could be as simple as points in a notepad, or you could go complicated and use a Jira board or a Kanban board or a Trello board, but just make sure that you have some sort of list that you can refer back to of all the things that you want to be achieving. That way you don't find that you're diverting to something completely different and irrelevant from what your main goal is. The next point that I want to make is something that we all find ourselves doing. <laughs> and I've done it more than once. And that is over-architecting the problem. There is a tendency 
there is a tendency that us developers will look at a problem and go, well, it deserves a complicated solution because it's a complicated problem. Half the time, it's actually not a complicated solution that you need. The simplest solutions are the best solutions often. But we are programmers. We work with logic. We work with complicated systems. We work these days with systems that are very distributed. They're very complicated. They're ver- they've got lots of moving parts. And so we come up with these crazy ideas to solve these problems. And sometimes you just need to take a step back and come up with a simple solution. You might come up with a complicated solution that will work, but you'll be regretting it later on down the line. So don't over-architect your solution. Do not over-complicate your solution. So something I would suggest doing is ask yourself, is this solution a simple solution? Or a better question is, is there a simpler solution than the solution I have right now? Because if you go down a rabbit hole and you think that, that that's going to solve the problem that you're dealing with right now, and in a month's time you find a problem with it, then you're going to have to work with that complicated solution again. <laughs> and you'll be regretting it. And also, as I mentioned, over abstraction, you don't want to be trying to break everything down to the nth degree, okay? Yes, I know that that's very tempting as soon as you start learning object orientation, but breaking things down to the nth degree is just going to lead to pain. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. There is this mantra that, you know, you should only write a function once. There should only be the code in there once. And so you can try, if you want to, to tr- to break everything down into unique chunks of code. And that's that's a good desirable skill and thing to achieve. But there is a danger of going so far down that rabbit hole where you chunk up the code so much that it's completely lost the context that you are using. And if the system that you're building is extremely simple, then do not create an overcomplicated system to solve that thing that you're trying to do. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. Not worth it one bit. Something that I would definitely suggest everybody doing, regardless of whether you're a junior developer or a senior, is back everything up, <laughs> especially if you're dealing with databases. So don't change the database without having a backup of what the database was beforehand. Because if something goes badly wrong, then you need to go back to a revision that works. So don't hack upon the data. Same with code. You know, make sure that you are able to go back to the original state the code was in. Which leads me to another point, which is learning source control. So no Git, no SVN, or however you want to use your source versioning. Know how those things work. Because without them, if you're just hacking on code, or if you're hacking on the database without any way of going back to the original state, and if you screw it up, then that's going to lead you into a world of pain. And one thing that really slows down developers, it certainly slows me down, is not only the code that's complicated or the database that's complicated, the schema that I'm working on, 
it's because I've gone and screwed something up in the terminal and perhaps there's a configuration that I've done wrong. Perhaps there's something I've, perhaps I've deleted the wrong table, for instance, by mistake. Uh, that's happened. You need something that you, you can, you can go back to, right? You need to go and look at a previous timeline and go, yeah, I'll take that back. Thank you very much. Luckily, IDEs these days have the ability to keep in memory your previous changes, which is great. Very, very handy. So that's another point as well, is make sure that you you understand your development environment, your IDE, your editor. See if there's some ways that you can use that to make your development lifecycle that much less stressful. <laughs> but don't rely on them too much because there's a danger that the IDE won't work. So what I do whenever I'm playing around with databases is I just do a MySQL dump and there you go. Put it put it as a timestamp. That means that you can go back to it at a different time. I think because I'm a freelancer and I'm working on data, which I've never put together, it's something else that you know I'm working on. I'm a little bit more careful, I guess. I'm far more careful than I used to be when I was a, f- a full-time dev working for companies um, because they already had their systems in place for backups and stuff. So I could pull those down from, from various things. But if I'm working on someone else's site, someone else's data, then I'm extremely cautious, probably overly cautious, but that's always a good thing. The next point, it's a controversial point. And it's a point that I've made again and again and again, and that's don't jump onto frameworks first. Learn the the core parts of web development before you even consider using a framework. So JavaScript, CSS, and HTML, learn those. Learn those. They're complicated enough. And then consider using a framework. Don't learn those three programming languages through the eyes of a framework because you're not doing yourself any favors. Yes, you can produce a nice, lovely web page, but if you don't understand why the body doesn't go in the head tags, then, then that's just, yeah, don't do that. Another point that I would like to make, and it's been brought up on the podcast before is don't cram. And what I mean by this is when you're learning to code, perhaps you're going through some tutorials You want to be spreading out your learning journey over the course of a week, right? So you don't want to be going, right, Sunday, I'm going to just learn through the whole day code because you'll burn yourself out. You'll burn yourself out if you do not spread those seven hours over the course of the week. Do one hour every day, you know, before you go to bed, before you go to work, whatever. Don't go, oh, I'm just going to do seven hours in a single day because you'll burn yourself out and you'll end up resenting it. Some people can do it. So, and you know, more power to them, but it's not something that it frazzles your brain, web development, coding. It frazzles you. It tires you out emotionally and physically. And also you're sat down, right? Reading a screen for hours and hours and hours on end. It is not healthy. You want to make sure that you split your time up over the course of a week. So do like one hour or so every day. 
that's good. Another thing that I would mention is to be cautious around uh, online influencers because you it's very easy to sort of like get war- a warped way of thinking because you're following someone online because you're doing exactly what they're saying or maybe they've mentioned that something is not a great tool so you don't touch it but actually it's a fantastic tool for what you're doing maybe they're speaking from opinion rather than fact be very very cautious when you're putting all of your faith into an influencer i don't like that word <laughs> I don't like that word one bit. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to get sponsorship for the podcast and I've been put through to influencer departments. Oh. <laughs> a, a side swipe. If, uh, if someone says that such and such is garbage, then really do, do take that with a fine pinch of salt. Don't, don't take too much in, don't read too much into it, you know? Don't read too much into into that because the tool that they've said is garbage could actually be really, really good for what you need to do. So don't don't put a lot of weight into what people say on the internet because just because they have a large following. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. There you'll you'll find on the internet, you'll find that you've got a, a, a you know a React camp, you'll see that you've got a camp for Vue.js, and you'll see that there there's people who prefer Python over PHP. And some of them are real sort of diehard fans and they'll they'll um badmouth the other developers of the other programming language. And it's it's a bit schoolyard to be honest. So you want to try and distance yourself from that. Also distance yourself from drama as well. Uh, you get this on the, on the YouTube channels as well. So if, if someone says something in a video and then another video does a response because of that, it, you know, it just wastes time. In my opinion, some people love it, but when, you know, it's not a hello magazine. <laughs> if that's, if you're spending your time getting sucked into the drama of web development and who says what and all of this stuff, then you're not actually spending time learning to code, right? So, I mean, that's my point. That's my point. Another thing that I should say, because we've talked a lot about technology today, but there's actually a human element to programming. And that there's something that I have done before, which I regret doing, and that is coding when I'm super tired. When I'm really, really tired, my, my stress levels go up if I'm actually trying to concentrate on something and I get burnt out very, very quickly. So don't code when you're tired. Also, don't code when you're emotional. We as humans, we get emotional and it's not great when you're trying to solve problems when you're in an emotional state. If something has happened to you that has, you know, really knocked you in life, then it's okay to walk away from coding and come back to it later on when you're in a better headspace. I I would avoid coding when you're emotional. I would avoid coding when you're tired. Those two things together are a really bad mix because you see what happens is you get into this horrible cycle. When you're coding when you're tired, you're actually making yourself more tired because you're coding. You're getting more stressed because you're trying to solve a problem that you, you're not too sure about at the moment. So you, you work really late all the way through the night 
And then perhaps you do that again, and perhaps you do that again. And so at the end of the week, you just get really burnt out. This has happened to me. I used to code like that when I was at, at university. It's not good at all. When you're emotional, if something has happened in your life, if some, some thing has, has knocked you, then you, you coding when you're depressed is just not fun. It's just not fun. When you're seeing errors on the page because of the things that you write, it's just not great. It's not, you lose the gratification. So try and avoid doing those things. And the last point that I want to end on is if you're not enjoying the process, if you're not enjoying coding, if you're not enjoying the learning, the building, if there is something that you're just feeling frustrated with, then stop. Try it again another day. Okay. This, this is supposed to be a fun time, a fun thing to do, you know, a creative thing to do. If you're not getting the, the juices from doing this, if you're not happy when you are coding, then don't code. And that's the, when I'm coding and I'm doing it super fast, it's because I'm enjoying it. It's because I'm enjoying the thrill, the ride, you know, it's great. If, if I feel miserable doing it, then I, you know, it's a chore. This shouldn't be a chore. Anyway, happy coding, everyone. See you again soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye.